Hi everybody, this is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. So this is a podcast about MG and I staying in sobriety, um, sort of putting a leash on our sobriety and taking it for a walk every day (laughs) out into the world. It's so easy to stay sober in a meeting or, you know, with your sponsor, your sober friends, but it's a little bit more challenging when you're with family or friends or in the workplace and um, you got to practice these principles. Right. And I like to say, I don't know how to keep anybody else sober. I just know what works for me and I encourage everybody to figure out what works for them. And so I'm so happy to have a guest today who I feel has figured out what works for her. And the thing about figuring out what works for me is that it might work for six months and then it might not work. And then I have to figure out something else. And I feel like this person is a, is a master at figuring out what works and figuring out new things on and on. So I'm so happy today to introduce Tanya. Thank Welcome. You. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And so I do know I now. do know Tanya. Yes, we've known each other for a while. We met in the rooms, and um, there's some things that um, some principles that I have learned from her that um, sort of encompass all of your just a general working a program. One of the things I love about this woman is the way that she manages her friendships. Um, you know, we've known each other for years, and yet every time we're together, it's like. You know, we might catch up a little bit, but I'm totally comfortable and safe. And I know that she does that with other women because I know a lot of the women that she comes into contact with. So um, I know that that's something that people can learn from you. Although that's not really what we're here about today. <laughs> Although it does come up in anything. So um, what, what we wanted to talk about today was um, maybe an addictive response around money or debting. And um, I know that you have some experience in that. Yes. So you want to talk a little bit about your introduction to it or you know, maybe a general overview of how you feel sure. about it. Maybe a mini story, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. So I got sober from drugs and alcohol 16 years ago. And it wasn't long after that that I realized that alcohol and drugs are but a symptom. And so it's been a really fun journey over the past 16 years of discovering all the different layers. And one of the first ones to come up to unveil itself for me was the, my propensity to debt and overspend. And what that looked like for me was I was 24. I had just taken out maybe $80,000 in student loans for this international business degree. And then I was working as a receptionist for $30,000 a year. So, and I, I never, when I graduated from school, I never took advantage of the resources to try to find a job or get an internship or anything like that. Cause I was so consumed in my drug and alcohol addiction. So that's where I was, was just this huge, massive debt just starting out in my life. Hadn't even started my job, and there I am, like negative $80,000 or something like that. How and yes, very overwhelming. I remember being very overwhelmed by it. And also, on the flip side, not having any tools or 
motivation or knowledge of how to even start to make money in a right or you probably didn't even have an idea like what level of income you needed in order right. to be able to pay that down to the point where it, it goes away right rather than just sustain it for years right like I always say I just never got that class right I thought yeah. was the class in college that I missed was I missed that one too so yeah. along with some others yeah yeah, yeah. So anyways, then I somehow landed in Debtors Anonymous and through a recommendation, I think I was sharing in a meeting and someone said, maybe you won't want to try this. And my goodness, I mean, talk about being empowered, having some confidence for the first time around money. And I love that part in the big book that talks about the sunlight of the spirit. Because for me, along with other addictions, the money was very much something that I kept to myself. And what I was doing with money was like a very something I just didn't tell people. And so to let that out into the open, and we have something called pressure relief groups where we meet with other members of the program if we're dealing with a financial situation get advice or feedback Feedback, right that's very much a step of bringing it out into light so that was the first time I'd ever brought out my financial issues into light and just started to get some input and feedback and and suggestions and started to explore my career it was like very much tied to that started to explore what my talents are and getting independent because that was definitely one of my parts of my ism with that was going to my parents when I would get into a bind or having to go to them for if I had a car repair or something like that just not having anything in prudent reserve so getting independent right but Tanya let me just say that you know in our society we're told go get a degree so you went and got a degree yes and we're also constrained about talking about money with people like that's sort of like a verboten sort of thing where we don't discuss it openly with people so I think that there are some societal things as well as like you know just plain old addiction things yes definitely so you know because I've experienced that as well that it's like, you know, I'm trying to do these things people are telling me to do. How come I'm in a jam? Well, and then there's the fear, too, like, um, of if I do do this, if I go to this help and get this help, what are they going to tell me to do right. with my money? You right. know, I, might, I don't get to, like, what? I don't get to, whatever, shop, buy coffee, do this or do that anymore. Right. Like, they're going to put restrictions on me and make me... You know just pay my debt back and I don't want to live that way and that's where I feel like for me recovery around money as opposed to like a money management program was like the gentler softer way because in recovery in my opinion it's very much to thine own self be true it's like I can go to the meeting, but I'm going to do what feels right for me. Right. So I'm going to take what I like and leave the rest. And that could be nothing. <laughs> That's my choice. Sure. Whereas in another type of money program, I don't know what that would look like, but I just have such a trust, an, an indescribable, phenomenal trust in recovery because it has worked so much for me. And the boundaries that we have, incredible boundaries we have that make it really like a self self-motivated right thing for me that's That's a really good point though too because I love that like you when you have a history with it because 
I also have done that program. I did. I did a two-year stint. I like, okay. like the prison sentence. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I had. Uh, I did AA first, and then SLAA, and then well, somewhere I think OA, and then DA. So you know, drugs, alcohol, uh, love, food and sex, money. yeah, food, food and money. money. Yeah. Oh, it's it's big. All, because all four. We need that. We need to eat. And we need to, you know, manage our money. I mean, I cannot drink and, I and like, you know, be fine with that and not have any sex and love addiction. And that's fine with that. But these are like, they're called process addictions right. where, you know, it's a piece of it. And this kitty cat loves Tanya so much. <laughs> wants to be right on her. Uh, and so, you know, it's a little bit of a, a different sort of approach. And one of the things that I learned in DA are the tools. There yes. are just so many tools. Do you still use them in your day-to-day life and yes, in your business? Definitely, definitely. And I've just started over the last year participating in Business Debtors Anonymous mm. as I manage my family's business, which is a natural gas software company. And we were in some situations and in a time where it was very synchronistic of the personal DA issues that can come up there was a lot of very it's so similar and so those tools in that program of like being clear with contracts getting everything in writing detaching from difficult personalities all these tools that are for for someone that owns a business are just so mirror image of you know the tools that we work on the personal side so yes totally believe in the tools and you know I think just like the spirit of debtors anonymous and business debtors anonymous is about being clear and that's really in our yes. business we had like a lot of vagueness we talk about that a right. lot in TA we had like, a lot of vagueness vague your money. And, and there's like, like a way of hiding in that right yeah and so just getting clear on everything and getting clear with our customers and clear with our contracts and clear with our payments has completely turned our company around. I mean, I cannot even describe the change in our company from bringing the DA tools into our daily practice of getting clear and being in integrity. If we say we're going to do something, doing the work and following through, communication, boundaries, I mean... It sounds like, I mean, just basic principles, but, yes. you know, you said a couple of things that maybe our audience might need a little bit of uh, help with, and that, and I'd love for you to talk about vagueness and then describe what a pressure relief group is and what it does. Okay. So the vagueness for me on the personal side was, I just didn't really want to know, like, I just didn't want to get into it. It was like, it felt like work to set a plan and follow it and check in on it and it just I don't know I just there was part of me that I think just didn't want to know because it was like painful to look at maybe in the beginning where I was and what my life had come to and just the fact that I had just never learned how to how to do it so that's the vagueness and then in the business setting the vagueness looked like agreeing to do work and not really getting clear on what it would cost us or what it would cost them. What are your and then, expenses? And right, and then next you thing you know, exactly. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, we've done all this work for free and then we're asking for money and there's no agreement and 
It was a lot of stuff like that. You don't have any like recourse that. to right. go after and get it. Yeah. Exactly. It's like out now, of scope, like our, <laughs> Yes. Now our clients, I just went through one with one of our clients. I mean, they ask us for a contract. Here's a contract. It says right here, you know. So it's just that clarity is so powerful. And now it's like I'm excited. I get into my spending plan every morning for a few minutes. I spend on my spending plan every morning just to see where I am. And I get excited about seeing what God's going to do in my finances because I know like what's coming in, what's going out. And there's like this space for God to come in somehow. It's, it's awesome. And then the, the PRGs, pressure relief groups, is a tool that we have in Debtors Anonymous where when we have a financial expenditure coming up maybe or something that's causing us pressure maybe we a have dilemma. a tax yeah tax situation right. yes or a, a big bill something or... that's come up a medical bill medical is huge then we get together with two people who we respect typically a male and female but i kind of break break those rules all the time but typically they they try to say male and female is a great team to get and then you basically present the the issue that's causing you pressure and then you get their experience what they've been through right you know kind of like advice yes yes okay yeah so I had I think too like another huge tool when I started going to DA this is what I realized I was in I was experiencing extreme pressure Uh, My daughter was in uh, college, and I had this huge portion of the bill that I had to pay $500 a month every month, and I did not, it was not in my, you know, budget, and um, I was paying it, but I was like, I don't know how I'm going to continue to do this, and I met uh, with a realtor friend of mine, and she was like, because I was like, maybe I should sell my house. And she came to my house, and she said, you know, what I really think you ought to do is just let it go and I was like really and let the bill go no yeah let it foreclose <gasps> she goes you may be able oh. to stay in it for a year you know oh. and I was like so I I didn't pay my mortgage for two months and then um I was, I was gonna say I don't think DA would that's that wouldn't be a approved method right <laughs> I don't know it depends, it depends you know oh interesting so I was working on this project at work, and it was uh, something I did every year, and I it was a, a mailing, and there was this list of females and their addresses, and I had to send out this letter. And I started going through it, and I was like, so many of these women have been in the same house for since I've been doing this. And it had been like, I don't know, 10, 12 years at that point. And I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to move. I don't want to do this. This is not in my integrity to do mm. this. I move mm. all the time. Every time I get into a financial bind, I move. I bought the house that I'm in that I was struggling with, and I had like $800 a month of discretionary income, and I put that all into the mortgage. So I like maxed myself out. And um, House rich, cash poor kind of situation. I decided to stay, and I called the bank, and I created a, a, a plan to, to, to pay them back. I started going to, to DA at that point, and um, I'm still in the house today. And um, I'm really glad that I recognized this pattern for me to move. Mm. 
I don't. Mm. I'll just move. Well, and it creates disruption and chaos in your life as well. So, I make up when that happens for me. It's something I don't want to look at. You know, if my life is in chaos, then I don't have to look at my finances or my relationships or my job or my work or my health. It was this thing like every time I had a comfort level, I put myself in this position where I didn't have enough. And it was there that I realized that this is like a tape that I created when I was five years old. Oh my God, what if I don't have enough? I put myself in this place where, oh my God, what if I don't have enough? Continually. Right. And when I realized that and I really grasped it and I stopped doing whatever it was that put me there. And it's like now I have a very nice uh, savings account. I have a retirement. I have... You know, some assets. Um, I have you turned your garage apartment into of income, an right. Airbnb where you can like bring in money every month. Right. Amazing. Right. And that's one of the things I love about DA is that I think for me sometimes my mind can be so limited, and I think, okay, this is the only solution. And by going into a program, sobriety program, twelve step program, I feel like it just opens up all these possibilities that I just would never and that's one of the beautiful things about the PRG it's like I'll go in there just and I know what they're gonna say and I know Uh and it every time it's so different and I just actually had one I was gonna move and I found a place and it was kind of older and there was some work that needed to be done but I was like well it's kind of like the closest thing to where I need to be in the neighborhood and I had a PRG about it and I swear it like opened something up there by, like I said, it's just that process of opening myself up and not keeping myself closed into these limited beliefs that I have that there's just only one way. And right after that PRG, I went and looked at one other place and it was this beautiful townhome and I put an offer that was low and they took it and it's just been such a blessing. It's perfect for my kids, perfect for me. and. So that was just one example where I have this just limited idea of what the possibilities could be. And then I go into that situation, open it up, and it just opens up like so many other possibilities for God to work miracles yeah, for absolutely. me. And I've just had so many miracles. I mean, in, in 14 years, I've almost 15 years, I've never found it necessary to you know, spend on a credit card or debt. And that's like such a blessing. I've gone on vacations. I feel like I live a very rich life. And that's the other thing I love about recovery, financial recovery is that it's not about, you know, living in like penny pinching and living like a miser. It's very much about living a beautiful, rich, abundant life. Right. Well, that's one of the reasons why I moved back from New York, because I was feeling like I was such an under-earner there. I was working a little survival job, and it was enough to keep me sharing an apartment in Brooklyn with three other millennials, you know, and I would have continued to do it if I would have been getting any acting gigs, right, But, but it wasn't coming around, and I was like, why am I here living this small, little tight life? I, I, I didn't like that. You know, and here's, you know, people are saying about, because I've been an under-earner, and that's why I went to DA, and I learned about under-earning, not earning to your potential. And I was like, I'm used to having a prudent reserve. I'm used to being able to go out to lunch just if someone calls me. 
and not have to like look at my finances right. like oh my god I've got rent coming up in three days blah blah like I can't do it I, I, I don't want to live my life that way and today I don't do my daily like I feel like I should I'm gonna shit on myself there but you know I know that I've got money in the bank and I'm like doing good yes. and I like that freedom yes. because I'm earning and I'm in a really comfortable place yes so I think that that's a real key thing there like the uh, like a, the sunshine of the spirit yes I think too like um, one of the things that really showed up for me when I did have that revelation about living in this place where I didn't have enough was knowing what I wanted and in the beginning it was just relief from that I didn't want to live in that space where I you know my god every month I'm like ooh, you know any emergency and I'm screwed and having that feeling like that so once I got rid of that and then I could start opening up to other possibilities yes. like you know when I was traveling all the time and I was like you know my garage is a that's a resource and so could I find the money to you know transform it and make it an apartment and you know that just in the that years before I never would have thought I had the money to do that like I didn't have the resources I didn't have you know the cash saved but you know then I was able to find the money to do it I did have the money saved and I was able to do it and create you know something that elevated my lifestyle and I never thought I would have been able to do that right so right. and now those desires are different you know it's like creating additional streams of income I'm all about that that's what my money focuses right now there isn't just one way to right. do anything and it is about being creative yes and I love to in in DA we have visions meetings and it's actually a, a formal thing that we do we have specific meetings that are called vision meetings and they're all around the world they have fun you know telephone ones in-person ones and it is all about we just literally spend that entire time envisioning certain goals and they have all kinds of different formats I mean you can be super specific there's some meetings I know of in other states that are they're they're on their visions meetings like you're accountable you you know you Ooh. set up what you want to do and you're accountable to the group about what you've done to push that forward each week and wow. so it's that's an awesome tool as well the visions meeting so well and I can see that you know speaking out what you want for me is scary you, you know it's okay to keep it down here but then to speak it out you totally know, is like it's totally a faith. I, right, and I did this in your Law of Attraction workshop, and when I spoke it, I like started crying because it was in that mind mapping where it was like dream big, and my goal was I want to be in a starring role in an HBO series. I can say it now without crying, but it was like too big yes. for me, and when I was like speaking that out, I just was like, oh my God, and it was so powerful because since that time, I've just been like, telling people about my idea and people are getting excited about it and so speaking it out to other people is very transformative that's an amazing thing yes you know the only unsecured debt I have is my car and I have a school loan that's really secured debt your car yeah that's secured debt that's correct but I have the school loan which is astronomical and <laughs> Don't worry about it because I feel like I'm going to die before I ever pay it off. 
and I pay, you know, what I'm supposed to pay every month, and I'm okay with it. But the reason I took the school loan, and I feel like perhaps I should have done a pressure relief group before I made that huge decision, but it was part of my slaw journey, my SLAA journey, that I wanted to go and have this experience. And so I was like, how am I going to pay for this? They're like, oh, you can get student loans. And so, you know, I was like, okay, and I just signed my life away. And so, you know, I feel a little that I wasn't that responsible, but I had an amazing experience. So I don't really worry about that loan. I look at it. I know about it. I pay what I'm supposed to pay. Um, but, you know, for our listeners out there, I just want to encourage you that if you are planning on making a serious um, monetary decision, decision mm-hmm. that, you know, you might want to go check out DA. You know, you don't have to do it for forever. That's right. It's a great resource just for tools and support and being able to speak it like we were, like I was yes. talking about. So before. how do you think you would help somebody, you know, what, what were the signs for you that you needed some help around money? Well, no matter what came in every month, what went out was always more. Not matching. Like, no matter what the There's no balance sheet there. Coming in, <laughs> it was always going to be more coming out. You know, that was one thing. Definitely, that's a major for me sign. And then the other thing is... Um, Well, the amount of debt that I had and then the feelings that I had around it, whereas a normal person might not care. That was, you know, something that really affected me. And then another thing is when I had unexpected expenses, I didn't have anything to fall back on. I just with my saving, I was just never. And that took a while. That took a long time in DA because, you know, I, I stopped debting from other people but then I would debt with myself right so I would like put it away and then I would borrow it and then I would put it away and so for a long time in DA it was like kind of a little bit of a back and forth and then I had some people have like different accounts set up for different things like car repair or medical or this and that and then I would just end up kind of switching back and forth and I could just never build them up so it took several years I would say for me to get the savings thing what works for me right as far as the savings goes but that was a huge one is that I didn't have anything when there was unexpected expenses another one would be the under earning not really applying myself and just getting whatever the easiest job that I could get Mm -hmm. and not really trying to explore what talents I might have or take any kind of risk in terms of my career. But one of the things that I learned from my uh, two years in DA was that I created a spending record and a spending plan. And the reason that I, that's doing a spending record, and that's why it takes a couple of years, is to figure out, like, what do I spend in a year on clothes? Mm -hmm. What do I spend a year on car repairs? So that I can know, okay, I have a, you know, 10 year old car so it may have more repairs so you know I spent $500 last year on car repairs a a nail in my tire things like that these are like things that just happen in the course of your life so when I look at that and I realize oh I only spent like you know $300 on clothes and like I want to spend more on clothes this year so what do I need to do to adjust maybe make more money 
So I feel like that is such an amazing tool to do a spending record to get clear about what it is. And then that way we can have a spending plan. Yes. And well, I have, and it, like with your example, it shows some deprivation, some self-deprivation. You know, if you're not spending enough money in one area, you're depriving yourself. You know, I think that's a really good um, observation. Right. And that's the first thing we do encourage people to do when they do start coming to DA is just to start tracking you know, no, I don't have to take the whole enchilada in one bite. Like, how do you, what do they say? How do you eat an elephant one, one bite, bite at a time? time. So yeah. it's like the first step is just, that's typically what we encourage is just to start recording every day what you spend. Like, not with judgment or anything. Just It's just numbers, black and white, just to start to get an idea of what you're spending each month. Right, right. And then those impulse purchases... I don't have like a feel like I needed and a desire. I do have this like I bought a dress from eShakti. It was an online place. I guess is it dress porn? I don't know. I look at it every day, and it's like it gets me excited. It's like oh, like I've started a new law of attraction journal, and they talk about like what's your reward if you accomplish your goal for the month, and I'm like I'm gonna buy that dress. That's awesome. I you know. That. So I can look at it and dream about it, but I'm not feeling like I have to compulsively yes. buy it. And you know, my credit is great right now. You know, I've got all my credit cards paid off. Yeah. So enough about me. I just want to thank you so much, Tanya, thank for you. taking the time to talk about your program and, you know, your sobriety and your recovery is just, you know, it's beautiful to thank you. witness. It and is. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. And Elizabeth and I know a little bit about some of your challenges, and I'm just very proud of you. Thank yes. you. Adulting. Adulting like an adult. Hashtag yes. adulting. Yes, it is. Well, thank you, um, to Tanya. I appreciate you coming and thank your you. vulnerability, and we thank you for listening. And if you would like to respond to this podcast if you have some comments you can email us at uh, silver sisters talk at gmail.com you can also find us on the web www.sobersisterstalk.com and we do have a facebook page you can find us on facebook we have a page there and we post our our podcasts on there every week and you can like and share them too too if uh, you're so inclined and I will say like if you do from you can share on Facebook and then share to a message so if you don't want to out yourself you want to remain anonymous you can just share it that way and I do have to share a little bit of success I just looked at our metrics uh, the other day and we've had over 10,000 listens mm -hmm. and uh, we're increasing in our listening in our pool. reach yeah so it's part of our 12-step um, mission to you know um, carry the message carry the message so thank you so much thank you